Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an army of normal folks. Let's continue with part two of our conversation with Ann Malum, founder of Back On My Feet, right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When we ended part one of our conversation with Ann, She was explaining how she didn't save any of their homeless runners. They had to do the work themselves. I love that. When, when, uh, when I coached football, there were a lot of people that interviewed me and they would say, you know, look at what you're doing to save them. And I'm like, you guys are so out of touch with reality. I'm not saving anybody. I'm simply showing an alternative way to lead a life but it's it's they got to do the work they can save themselves right. i'm just i'm just giving them a roadmap to consider well and bill i learned through my dad because i tried to save him you can't you force can. anybody especially a grown man to do something because i wanted them to do it there's 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 no way they have, have to want it. That's right. And these guys want it. But you it. can show them the way to do it sure. if they make the decision to. Oh yeah. Listen, I I'm fully aware, and I again, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right above food and shelter. We have a desire to be loved, appreciated, valued, cared for, cheered for, and it was like we're going to build an environment that these guys want to be here. There isn't for I didn't there was no I couldn't force them to show up in that morning. I didn't provide food or shelter for them, so it's not like they were getting that. They they were getting I feel good here. 
Yeah, I like how I feel here. On the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they were this bottom rung. They yeah. had they had a roof and food, but right. none nothing. of the other right. tiers above it were taken so, care of. Yeah, and take it to your own life if you're listening. Think about when you've left a relationship, a friendship, or a job. It's because you haven't felt good in that situation. Either your boss is an asshole and you don't feel appreciated or valued for the work you're doing, or your relationship is, you know, not benefiting you in a way. The friendship, you're not getting something out of it. You know, without us, sometimes we can't articulate why we do things, but it's that environment doesn't make us feel good. So the press is there. The press is there. And every, I'm Every newspaper, every TV station is all of a sudden reporting on unlikely group of runners leaving from 13th, 12th and But they're Vine. not talking about the institution of homelessness now. They're, they're talking about the run, individual. And they're talking about running. And they're talking about the stories of these these individuals and who they are. And they're interviewing them. And you're seeing their face and their smile and their bubbliness. And I also think about those first nine guys and how charismatic and likable that they were. It's just, again, it's like... When your life starts to piece together like this, when I'm like, all of these things that had to happen, I'm not a very religious person, but like I couldn't help but kind of look up at the sky and be like, I get it. I know what I'm supposed to do here. I fully get what's going on and I will like do everything I can to create these opportunities for people when no one else is, no one else was looking at homelessness like this. They were looking at it as an institution and trying to create the same thing you talk about government. We need more jobs for X. We need to like figure out the policy. We need policy. to spend more money. Right. Let's and, go, let's go spend more money. Right. And put together more bureaucratic programs. Bureaucratic that is right. have never worked, but right. let's do more of them. And, How about that? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, if, if someone is 53 years old, ending up in a homeless shelter, what kind of life do you think that that person has had, an upbringing that they have had that put them in this position? And you're missing that. You're missing all of the emotional component. And what do you think they see when they look in the mirror? mirror? Right. And, and, and man, they know exactly what they're looking at when they look in the mirror. Yeah. And it's just them and them. Everybody does. Yeah. And yeah. If you're 53 and homeless and that's it, I mean... And you're a man, with, you know, as, as as you're sort of... You're, and more than likely have left a child or two somewhere. Totally. And you can't provide for yourself, let alone anybody else. Yeah. I mean, the self-esteem, everything is, is way down bottom of the totem pole. Sure. And so, and this is for anybody when you change. You cannot change if you do not think that you are capable or deserving of it. And these guys needed to be put in a situation where they had people rooting for them that wasn't going to judge them for their mistakes, that just wanted to help them move forward. And so if you can do that with anybody or your own life and start to believe you are deserving, that you are capable, that things are possible, that's when you're going to start to make the right decisions. Otherwise, you know, you throw caution to the wind or, or you throw like, it doesn't matter anyway. So tell us how running at least started to um, to change their evolve that belief right. system for them. So the, the, I was bullish on the idea that if we can change people's identity of themselves, that they will be able to change the direction of their life. And say that again. If if we can change if people's we, identity, how of they themselves, of themselves, self identity, self identity. If I can help provide tools for a person to change their self identity, mm -hmm. then. 
then they can make the the progress and ha- create real then change. They can make for themselves right. the progress. That's they will what want, you're saying, right, right? They will want more. They will realize they are capable of more. So what I needed to do with this program, Bill, was change their identity from someone who looks in the mirror and says, I'm homeless, I'm nothing, I'm I live loser. in a homeless shelter, I'm a loser, I'm an addict, I'm this, into somebody who's, I'm a runner, I'm a teammate, I'm disciplined. I have goals that I am meeting. I needed to get them to think of themselves in that way in order for them to not want to be in the homeless shelter, in order for them to want to contribute to their own lives and to the communities around them in a different way and know what is possible for them. But I couldn't skip, it's like again running, I told you I couldn't skip the first mile to the fifth mile. I could. You, you can't take people living in homeless shelters and just put them in homes and think you're solving homelessness. No, it doesn't work. You have to focus on the emotional well-being of individuals and help them realize they are capable and deserving of doing it on their own. And nobody was doing that in this space. And I don't have a background in social work. I don't have a background and I wasn't trained in any of this stuff. You're also 26. Yeah, I am 26, but I just, I knew how I was going through life and what made me feel good. And when I was at my top of my game, And it's when I felt good about the decisions that I was making for my life, the high quality decisions. And when people around me were cheering for me and supporting me. And it was like, these guys have none of that. We we need to create that and watch what happens. That's all we need to do. So what happened over those next few weeks? One, these guys were showing up every day. Not because of any, me telling them, yelling at them. They weren't required. They weren't required. They didn't want to, they wanted to quit. They could quit. They were showing up every day because they wanted to be there. And voluntary behavior is really important to pay attention to. The second one was the reaction that when I, I tracked their miles every day, big poster board, names on the left, numbers on the top. And it was cumulative from the names before. So I have this Sharpie, you know, next to everybody's name. And these guys are like, Anna, I ran three today, not two and a half. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and they wanted to see that progress. And they were so proud. And that's when, again, it was just this reaffirming, Gosh, this is the only way that these guys are ever going to have a chance at a better life. Oddly, it's goal setting. It's goal setting. And it's realizing that like, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. There's a, there is a full-fledged nonprofit program here that starts with running, but it's running is the tool and the vehicle and the impetus. I had no interest in creating running clubs within homeless shelters. I wanted to use running as an impetus to create self-sufficiency within people who are experiencing homelessness so that they could change their life. Yeah, but that's not a job. <laughs> well, I saw it as one. No, I, I get it, yeah. but that's not a job uh, yet. Yeah, yet. So when I started to think about this is what I'm, I'm going to raise money, and I had worked in nonprofits my whole life, right? But I'm like, I'm going to raise money. I'm going to get a 501c3. I'm going to get a board. And the goal of this program is to show that we can take people living in shelters start with running and move them out is through this program. And we're going to have job training, employment partners. Like I had this whole vision. You know, I, I'm hearing it. And 26-year-old girl worked hard, graduated early, run around through Philly, helping nine guys. It's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. But, I mean, it's a nice story. But, I mean. And there's novelty to it that everybody thought was going to wear off. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean whatever and Mm -hmm. how many people are going to run with homeless folks Mm -hmm. and how are you going to make it all the i mean i love your dreams but it it almost sounds to me like similar to the 12 year old's dreams i mean they're nice and pretty and they got a bow on them but are they really going to happen and i can't help but 
hear the story and have doubt. Well, everybody that it could ever yeah go. Well, everybody had doubt. I mean, anybody. So, as a twenty-six-year-old, right? What do you do? You look around for the adults in the room, and you look for their blessing. And I was looking for one adult to I tell bet you me you got none. Zero at first. I got zero. Zero. Well, that's because it's a ludicrous idea, right. and you're just kind of an impetuous, and, immature girl who doesn't know what she's and, talking and about. And wants to do. And it was admirable, and people thought it was just so great. But like, yeah. can't you just? Why do you? Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to set up the condescending. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? Exactly. Yeah. Pat on the head. Isn't that sweet? Mind you, I just took a big job at Comcast because I was so fed up with my Which life. Which is huge. For those who don't know, Comcast is massive in Philly. Yeah. it's the, That's where they're based. Yeah. And it's a and big, big employer. And I got a six-figure job, stock he, options, like 26 you 26 years old, six-figure job. And if there was any part of Ann Malum that wanted that life that she said she didn't want anymore, this was the path to get it. Yeah. And I and I took it and 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 I, when I took that job, I I had six weeks off and and so I was like, I want six weeks to get this running club up and going. And in those six weeks is when I realized this is so much more than a running club. No, you quit Comcast. I never even made it. I never. You even didn't made even it. go. I didn't even go. And you're looking for adults to support you when you're walking away from a six figure job. Exactly. Nobody's going to support that. Well, yeah. So no one thought it was. Everybody thought it was an admirable idea, but like, why can't I just run? I mean, in my no one time? close to you. People were thinking you've lost your mind. Yeah. At this point. And my mom, you know, my mom is just, you know, she's a worry wart. So she's just so worried. How are you going to pay? You know, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? And my dad, ironically, is worried about my safety. You know, all of these things. <laughs> yeah. You mean the addict mm-hmm. who, who is really, if we're honest, the impetus behind your totally. heart for all of this yeah. is worried about your safety. Yeah, which I think as a dad, right? It's like I'm in the middle of Philly, this gritty city running with with men with men who are living in homeless shelters. Like I, she can understand the addict part, but he didn't identify himself. It just with speaks those guys. to a little bit of self-realization on your mm-hmm. dad's part. Yes. It's kind of funny. Yes. And so I, it was the day before I was supposed to start my Comcast job. And I'm like, I got, I mean, I was traveling a lot. I had to go to Vegas. I had to go to all these conferences. I was supposed to be like schmoozing with political, you know, folks. I was working in government affairs. Oh, so you're going to do the lobby side of things. I was going to, yes, be working. Which as, makes sense with the DC. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Government affairs. And so I, I picked up the phone and uh, I called who was going to be deep my would be boss. And I was like, you know, was listen. that a deep breath? Oh, moment? Yeah. Was that like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. Oh yeah. And I sat on the floor and I'm just like, thank you so much for the six weeks. I have figured out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I, I can't take this job. And they were mortified and just so angry. I was about to say, you said mortified. I'd imagine they're just pissed. They were, I mean, they were waiting like on you six waiting weeks. Six weeks. And, and also the, the interview period was very lengthy. Mm. You know, it took, I don't even, 10 They interviews. probably passed on some really nice candidates totally. to hire you. Totally. And then you just ditched them. Yeah. They I were mean, not pleased at I all. Mean, the Poetic Justice was, years later, they became a massive sponsor of, of Back on the Feet. So, <laughs> of course they yeah. did. <laughs> we'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everybody. It's Coach Bill Courtney. If you're enjoying an episode of An Army of Normal Folks, there's another podcast you might like, especially if the global conflicts that seem to surround us and even the upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Barvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the right answers, but on what could go right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Reed Zakaria, and economist Alan Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcast. I went all in and, and I, you know, I just sort of, some of this stuff you don't realize where it comes from, but I just, I knew what to do. I knew I needed a website. I knew I needed, you know. Which you learned how to do in your spare time with the ex-monster yeah. you worked for. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't build this particular website. I had someone else do it for but me. you knew. I knew. I knew what I want. And I knew what I needed it to look like and, and provide the direction there. Yeah. And Bill, I just started asking people for money and I got specific. I was like, Bill, I, I'm asking for $5,000. And people got so, like, they were just, they got behind me because, like, Anne, if Anne walked away from that job to do this, like, how do you not support her? Like, she she really wants to help these individuals. And and then and then the media really kicked up. I mean, national news was like, we want to come down and do a story. So you've got CNN, M- CNN, NBC, ABC, national whatever exposure, and money started kind of pouring in. Um, and we started expanding the program. We had so many volunteers, so many people. I started to hire people, figure out the structure of things and surrounded myself with people who are much smarter than I am. And we just started building, growing, learning, screwing up so much, then fixing those mistakes, then only to make another whole slew of mistakes. But I think the important lesson for folks when they're thinking about doing things, you're never going to have it all figured out on day one. It's just impossible, but you have to take the first step or two to figure out what step three is even going to look like. And there's nobody who you admire or respect for what they've built who didn't have a day one, who didn't have that moment of like, okay, now what? And like trusting your resourcefulness, trusting your passion, your truth, your intuition is like what helps you get to the next step and not like not being afraid of not knowing how it's all going to play out, but just knowing you're going to figure it out. So, from the nine guys in Philly on Vine Street, right? Mm-hmm. 
2007. Um, 2007. What is this organization today? I mean, there's so much to say about that, but I will say I ran it for six and a half years. I grew it to six and a half million dollar annual budget, all privately funded. All 100% private donations. Yeah. And that's an annual budget. That's an annual budget. I didn't want to get the government, you know, like the same thing, the bureaucratic government, you know no, how many The last thing rules? you want involved is I was like, we're not doing any of that. Corporations, individuals, we created our own events, all of that stuff. And I grew it to 12 markets around the country with an incredible cities. team. Yes, 12 cities. And wow. we just build the infrastructure and like what the... Can, can you just tell me what those 12 cities are? Oh my gosh, just... let's see if I can do it. Philly, Baltimore, D.C., Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Indy, Atlanta, New York, Austin, Los Angeles, and I'm forgetting one. San Francisco? No, I mean that, I think they're in San Francisco today, but I forget the other. I, where is the other one? Did I say Baltimore? But yeah. major metropolitan. Ma yeah, and, yes. But, I, and not just in the eastern seaboard. Mm -mm. Yeah. The country. Yeah, exactly. And... You you have how many how many homeless people running? Oh, um, now we've well to date we've helped seventy five hundred people move out of shelters into independent living and get jobs. So Marriott is the biggest employer of Back on My Feet. We you know we knew we had to build job partnerships, and Bill, what we got what we were able to do is say like we weren't like oh we're a charity can you hire one of our guys? It was like hey this guy has showed up for the past six months. 5.30 in the morning, hasn't missed a day, hasn't even been late, has done everything we've asked of him, job, job training, financial literacy. Like, this is somebody oh, you want. That's really good. I mean, one of the biggest problems is people being absent and tardy from work. Yeah. And you, through your organization, can prove- We vetted them. These people have the yeah. ability to show up and be there when they're supposed to. Yeah. And we told them that. It's like, guys, we track all of these stats because what we're trying to do is give you opportunity. And if you can't show up here, we're not speaking on your behalf and ruining relationships with our partnerships. So when you go to a homeless shelter now mm -hmm. and you say, hey, do you want to run? And the pool of people who say, yeah, I want to run- against the pool of people who actually make it through the program and end up having a home and a job. What's the uh, what's the rate of success? When I was running it, and I, I don't know exactly what it is today because I've been so removed from the organization from, from a CEO standpoint, it was a 46%, which is actually pretty high. Okay, so I read that. Mm -hmm. So I knew the answer before I asked it. Okay. But- Testing me is, again. I love that number. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna tell you why I love that number. So many organizations love to do the something in the high 80s, 90 mm -hmm. thing, and that's what they'll claim. And, and the reason I love this, especially for this podcast, is 46% is less than half. Yeah. If you get a 46 on a test in school, you fail right. miserably. If you get a, a, a if, if, if you're, if, if you're 46% in an election, you lose. 46% yeah. is, by most metrics, just a losing number. Mm -hmm. But something I've always said is that um, in a lot of the circumstances, a lot of cases, when you go into underserved areas and you decide you're going to give of yourself and try to make a difference, you have to understand that any level of success is a win mm -hmm. because that percentage of 46% is zero if you're not there. Yeah, and exactly. And that's you have, so important to yeah, understand. Yeah, you, you need to understand what you're up against, right? And like, 
listen, we were never, we're not here to eradicate homelessness. This program's not going to do that, right? So we're, we're dealing with, you know, the individuals who, again, didn't have the upbringing that, that, that I had, right? Even though I had some disruption, I had some stability there. And we always forget to sort of, when we look at adults, I think we can think that like, you've always been an adult. You forget that that, that adult was a child and the household that they grew up in and, and how most of our childhoods have impacted our adult behavior. My dad grew up with two addictive parents, used to take him to the bar. He'd have to sit in North Dakota, sit in the car while his parents would be in the bar getting drunk in winter, in winter. You know, and my dad's dad, they still don't know if he sh if he killed himself or he accidentally shot himself. His mom died of, you know, liver uh, ovarian cancer from smoking and cigarettes and, and smoking and, and alcohol. And it's like, it's no wonder my dad ended up the way that that he did right now. It's it's our responsibility as adults, if we especially have the resources and whatnot to do the work and try to be better and not make our past define us in ways that we don't want it to. But we forget to look back and ask, like, what was your childhood like? What was your upbringing like? What did you have or not have? And to think that that didn't play a massive role in somebody's state today is just it's just ignorant. And there's no way, to your point, that running is going to cure all of those of ills. Not. But, but if if running can show somebody discipline, commitment you can't cheat your steps mm -hmm. and and they have inside of them a desire to improve then you're you're using tools to give an opportunity to teach somebody who maybe has never even experienced utilizing those tools in their life an opportunity to save themselves mm -hmm. and when you do that you get a 46% success yeah. rate which is a failing grade in school, but it's, it's at 46%, it's, it's, it's 100% yeah. more than what it would have been. Yeah. And, and, and it's important that people that hear this podcast as, as, you know, look, somebody may be energized by this idea for their community and they may not, and that's okay. And they may be energized by another podcast, but the point is something we haven't spoken about enough. And I think it's really important because your story really illuminates it is any success is a huge win mm -hmm. because when you go into the most poverty stricken most disenfranchised most most lost parts of society to try to exact some measure of change the failures are probably largely going to outweigh the successes but whatever successes there are are a hundred percent better than that they would have been right. had it not been for your efforts. Yeah, and so I, when you get forty six percent, you got to feel like a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, super proud of that number, and I and I agree with you. It's like, ooh, forty six percent. We're like, listen, that's the reality, and we we know that this is frankly good in this in this space, and there's no reason for us to be like, how do we get? I mean, we always want to get the number higher, but we're not going to not share that number, and you need the context behind it. And I think, Bill, what you said earlier about like. You know, this might not resonate if you're a runner, but make it applicable. I had a guy ask me once of like, and I'd really love to help, you know, underserved communities with music. And I'm like, then go do it. And people think, oh, I don't, I need funding. I'm like, no, you don't. Go the, find the, the someone. The greatest question is, well, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, here's how you do it. You walk across okay. the street, you walk in the door and say, here, uh, hi, I'm here to help. Right. And, and like find somebody who wants to learn 
and and says, yeah, I would love to learn how to play guitar or something. And then again, because people are like, oh, well, then what? Then what? I'm like, you won't know what until you do it. You have to do the first step for you to figure out what the second step is, because it's not what you think it is. And people people just talk themselves out of it so often. Oh, well, I need finding out what if it doesn't work? And then this and then that. Like, yeah, that's not really worth it. It's just like, if you want to do it, just go go help somebody and see how it feels and see what comes from it. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everybody. It's Coach Bill Courtney. If you're enjoying an episode of An Army of Normal Folks, there's another podcast you might like, especially if the global conflicts that seem to surround us and even the upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the right answers, but on what could go right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Reed Zakaria, and economist Alan Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcast. Um, you're not in a white house and I don't see a big tall husband running around here and any kids. No. Are you a success? Yeah, I really love my life. And one of the things I've learned through, and we, you know, listen, I've, I've had a huge life after back on my feet also, you know, I've got this company that I've built. I'm starting another company, the philanthropic work that I do now. So um, I have I have learned to really embrace living life on my own rules and, and marching to the beat of my own drum. And I think that it's it's actually when I think about sort of what my purpose is today, that's a big part of one of the buckets that I'm trying to show and teach people by leading example. Like I'm 40, almost 42 years old. Everybody back in my high school has either been married, divorced, has kids, you know, has the house, has these things. And I'm like, that's just, that's not for, for me. Which, which that's the whole irony of it is to me. Right. Is you spent the first 25 or six years of your life chasing this thing that you thought you were supposed to be. 
And as much as you've done for homeless folks in Philly and now the country, look what they taught you. They, I'm like, as you said, I got, I got so much out of that program and just being an entrepreneur and that being my first thing and learning like, oh, like I can, I can create my own rules. I can create the life that I want. And I mean, I've been engaged twice. I called both of those engagements off. I have really made the decisions and I have pivoted, leaving back on my feet to start Solid Core. Solid Core is Ann's innovative workout studio that's grown to over 85 locations in the country. I guess it's not much surprise she did that. And her new fitness and wellness company is called Ambition. And then last year, I stepped down as CEO from Solid Core to make sure that someone else was coming in after me and that I was taking care of my company and not making it about me. Now I'm starting something else. The, the point is that I'm just trying to make is you really do get more out of the effort than you give. Almost always. It's almost yeah. universal. Everybody mm -hmm. I talk to has learned more about themselves and been more fulfilled by their work than any fulfillment yeah. that they've given out. And and that's that's kind of the payoff to the to the hard work. Yeah. And if you know if you're looking for the destination to be the payoff, it's really not that exciting. It's, you yeah. have to enjoy it's not worth the trip. It's not worth the trip. You have to enjoy the day-to-day. -day. People always say the journey, but like the ins and outs of building it, who you're working with, what you're doing. And it's still like the best part when I hear people, you know, the guys will sometimes reach out to me you know, volunteers, people who work at Back on My Feet, people who take Solid Core and just like how much it's meant to their life. And you ask who I am, who I am and what I feel like my, my gift to the world is I love creating and building experiences that make people's lives better. And that is what I'm good at. I get so much out of it. And that's where I put my addictive entrepreneurial efforts into <laughs> things that are going to improve and enhance people's lives. How many volunteers? Oh my gosh. Do you know the number? I do not know the number. Have Guess, you ever? Ballpark. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands of that of, of part of the back of my feet. Yeah. Well, that's the reason I'm asking around say it is an, another irony I've learned um, is when I first started coaching football, it was me and another guy. Mm -hmm. And seven years later, I had uh, nine volunteer assistant coaches and uh, 20 volunteer staff cooking food for the team mm -hmm. and one day we had like bikers for jesus show up with rakes and like 80 of them showed up with rakes to mm -hmm. fix the field and the point is hundreds of volunteers right and what happens is philanthropic efforts somehow become contagious yeah and the volunteer community good. can grow yeah it feel, people i mean people didn't show up at back on my feet hating it they wanted to be there they got to take their love of sport and share it with somebody else who they know could make their life better like it doesn't feel like you're donating your time it, it, it's it's it's, it's where you want to be it's where you want to be do you have a guy uh, a runner guy or gal, homeless mm -hmm. person, that's your favorite story? I mean, the person who I was closest to, un unfortunately, had a heart attack last year, but his name was Mike. And Mike and I were so close. Like, he was one of uh, just a great but You friend. mentioned Mike in Philly. Was yeah, he one of he the was first one nine? of the first guys. So Mike, Mike and I, you know, 
went through a lot together. And I know his family well. I know his mom. They live in Wilmington. I was there last summer um, at a barbecue. Like anyway, um, yeah, Mike made it back to to Wilmington with and and lived there and had a new girlfriend and was working in the art community and really close to his family. And had a home. He had a home. Yeah. Just a, a, he became an adjusted adult yeah. in society. Yeah, and and Mike was so so creative and so talented in that community, and like had a really great relationship with his daughter. Like, came none of to, which would have happened yeah. had you not looked over at twenty six years old and said, "I think I'm going to take those homeless people running." Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, knows? what does Could that do have, for but, your soul? I mean, it's it's like I said, it's like it fills me up so much to know that the things that I'm putting time and energy out into the world are enhancing people's lives. So like that's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And Mike has ran, ran two marathons. He ran, I should say two marathons, you know, ran a half marathon, uh, not even six months after the first day of starting this program. And he was, and how old was he? Oh, Mike was in his mid forties at the time. Out of shape, but a lot, a lot of abuse, guy. a lot of abuse of his body, drugs and alcohol over the years. Yeah, and you know he just cared about everybody around him. He was yeah, so bubbly. Well, one of the old football sayings says, "It's not how you start, it's how you finish." Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And Mike sounds oh like gosh. he finished well. Yeah, and I'm really glad that we had connected. You know, and I got to see him um, and his family in the last like couple years. Well, here's to Mike. Here's to Mike. Yeah, and, Mike Solomon. And here's to you. Um, Thanks, Bill. What an what an amazing story, Anne. And if if there's, I, I say it every week, and I'm in awe of the people that I get to talk to. But just normal folks doing extraordinary things in their community to to make life better for someone else, and then of course themselves as a result. And um, you are absolutely a member of the army of normal folks, Anne. Even though, yeah. even though later in life. You know, we're not going to get into it here, but I know you're CEO of company and you're starting another one and you've had, you're a serial entrepreneur and you've had lots of success and I'm sure we'll continue to have lots of success. That wasn't your reality at 26 when you started this. Of course. Just a normal kid jogging around, chasing away her own demons and in doing so has helped change the lives of thousands. And I think that is a, is a, is an amazing story and I, um, I'm in awe of it, and I, mm, I just appreciate you. your story so much. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to tell it. Always. Um, and uh, now I'm going to go enjoy the rest of the day in New York. How's that? Are you not going to go for a run? Uh, pff, I'm going to run to the. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to. I'm going to run. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to run down to Little Italy and get some meatballs. Okay. Well, you know what? What one in New York? You yeah. Know, you might as well enjoy all the great food scene here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Great time with you, and thank you too. You. Thank you so much. And thank you, all of you, for joining us this week. To join an army of normal folks, go to normalfolks.us and sign up to become a member of our movement. And I'd love to hear what you're doing in your community. If there's stories you know that you think we ought to tell, write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us and we'll tell the stories. And if you enjoy this episode, rate it, review it, share it with friends on social, all the things that will help grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week.
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.